thanking you, Lord God, for this another day that you have given us and how precious is this day. Lord, this day is a, a day that represents the only day that we have and the only, only moment that we have for sure. For your word is very clear that tomorrow is not promised. So I pray, Lord God, that in this day, Lord, that we see and take refuge in the value, Lord God, of the opportunity to experience your presence, Lord God, in song and prayer and certainly by your divine word, Lord. So as you speak to our hearts today, Lord God, just as it's already been said, let us let the walls down, Lord God. The walls that we, we put up in an effort to guard ourselves, Lord God, in many situations, even when it comes to your word, we'll put up guards to guard ourselves, Lord God, and, and only want to take in certain things. But this day, Lord God, let it be known and made known unto us, Lord God, that we are free to let our walls down, that we may worship you in spirit and in truth, and we may be able to receive your word in fullness. What is it letting our walls down is, 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 is to release the hurt, release the, the pain, uh, release those things that, that seem to, 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 to bog us down in our own ideas of, uh, of distractions. Lord, right now, let us release them, Lord God. And so to, to let our walls down, what it really means is that we trust you, Lord God, enough that we can, you know, to, 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 uh, to not guard ourselves from the fear this morning, Lord God, but to be open, totally open, Lord God to receive your word, your truth. And that we don't take in your word for what we already know and try to put it in a category of what we know, Lord God. But we set aside what we know and we, in order to receive your unadulterated truth, Lord God. So speak to our hearts, settle our hearts, our minds, and our souls right now and build up in us a desire right now from the inside and in our inner man, a desire and an urge, urging to hear from on high, Lord God, to hear from you, Lord. So speak to us by your word through the Holy Spirit, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Glory be to God. If you will, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. On today, I'm super excited yet again. We are continuing our message uh, from last week. So this is part two of Jesus is the reason. Come on, somebody. Jesus is the reason. And I've purposely left off for the season because uh, the point is, is that Jesus is the reason for more than just the season. He's the reason for life. Come on, somebody. Because the season is here today and gone tomorrow, but Jesus, our Lord, is here forever. Come on, somebody. This is the good news, my friends. So as we venture into part two, let us understand that Jesus is the reason for life. This Jesus is the reason for the our being. Je yo, somebody needs to understand this. This is why we have to pray that our walls come down. You know, because what the unadulterated truth of 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 of, of what is gonna last forever, and what 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 all of this is gonna culminate to is that Jesus is the reason for today. Jesus is the reason for our tomorrow. Glory be to God if we can see that. I know many of us, we, yo, uh, we recognize Jesus yo, in there, but the thing about it is, is that our reason for life, many of us have much other reasons for life. 
You know, some is, is birthed in our love for, for, for our children. Some is birthed in our love for our spouse. Or some is birthed in the love for this person that I'm so in love with. Some is birthed in, in things. You know, that we living for things. We living for per another person. We living for so many other dynamics. When Jesus is the reason. And when we get to understand this and get this in proper perspective in, in the right order, then people, things, and every, uh, and, our, and every other thing will take its rightful place in our lives, my friends. It will give us, now we can begin to move down the road and, and not be moved by the cares of life or the loss of things or the loss of someone. Someone walking out of your life. Some of the things that devastate us, some of the things that draw us into fear and anxiety and all of these different things, when, the, when this order is put in place, and this is what God wants to speak to our hearts, and this is what he, he and what a perfect time because, and the perfect timing is the season. See, because we're in a season now where the, uh, yo, and I said this on last week, where the awareness of Christmas it's all so high, right? Because we're in Christmas season. We were, uh, and, and it ain't over just yet. And at least not for me because I still got a couple gifts under my Christmas tree that I plan on getting rid of today, glory be to God, because my son that wasn't able to make it for Christmas is coming today. Glory be to God. So yet we still have the Christmas uh, aviance moving about in the household and, and, I, and in my heart, and I'm sure that for many of us, you know, at least until New Year's when we take the Christmas tree down. But one of the things that we want to understand about this season is that, uh, and I said this on last week as well, Let it, we just talking right now, we just want to put this in proper perspective because this means everything, my friend. If As we get this and allow the spirit of the living God to take uh, to marinate this and, and, and fix it, mold it, and make it in our hearts, it's going to be life-changing. See, because God, when he speaks to us, he wants to uh, mold some things. He wants to make over some things. And it's not just for a moment in time, but it's for a lifetime. <clears throat> and what God wants to do is he wants to give you some substance that's going to sustain you for a lifetime. And, and, and as we said, that many celebrate Christmas, but not all know Christ. Many celebrate Christmas, yo, you, you, you see the, the malls and you see the, the stores before Christmas and you see all your, all your people moving about and, 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 and if you look at what they say on the news and how much billions of dollars was spent on this Friday and Black Friday and that Friday and this day and that Saturday and all of these different things, you, people are celebrating Christmas. They are buying gifts. And exchanging gifts so they know, and many know, and not only know, but they celebrate Christmas. But all of them people that's running through the malls and spending all the money buying the different gifts and exchanging gifts, do any of them or do all of them know Christ? Are all of them mindful of even who Christ is? I told you guys uh, on last week I was in a.m. p.m. and this girl right before me was, you know, checking out and I'm standing behind her waiting for my turn and, 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 and she was obviously in the, the Christmas spirit because she asked the clerk, hey, do you celebrate Christmas? And, and like I said last week, because he looked like he was from the Middle East, you know, she thought that she may ask him, you know, because some, everybody don't celebrate Christmas. We talking about many do, but everybody don't. So she, she took the liberty of asking me, he said, yeah, I'll celebrate Christmas. You know, in there, and, and she said, well, Merry Christmas. She got her change and left out, but, man, it was a, a strong feeling and an urge that came over me that I wanted to ask him. By this time, another guy came and opened, so I had to go over to this guy and check out. But the reality was, is, man, there, there, a, a strong urge wanted me, wanted me to, want me, I wanted to ask him, while you celebrating Christmas, 
Do you know Christ? Do you even believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? See, many people celebrate the holiday, but they don't even know what they're celebrating. And what we are, and we as believers, we got to know what we're celebrating. More than just the birth of Christ, but what it truly all, what it truly means. We got to know that Jesus is the reason, my friend. So in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, our concentrated verses that we came here for, that we're going to focus on today is 13 and 14. But let me read, starting in verse 8, just as a reminder again. Luke chapter 2. Verse 8, is everybody there? And it says this. It says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. Hear me, somebody. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. Let me just stop right there before we go any further because we got to understand what's happening here. Understand this, first and foremost, is that it had been over 400 years since the children of Israel or anybody had heard the voice of the Lord. See, at this particular time, there, uh, this is... A there, there was something that had happened, you know, going back over 400 years where God had stopped talking to the people and they hadn't heard from the Lord. But all of a sudden, see, now we jump to this place. Now 400 years has gone by and then out of the blue, the glory of the Lord shone in this hour. You're talking about the Shekinah uh, glory of God. See, we got to know how and understand what this really is. And in, in, in just reading through this and not understanding what's happening, this is the reason why uh, it makes us weak in our faith. We don't, because we don't have the proper understanding all the time. So God is wanting to paint the picture. So out uh, 400 years and not having no clue when they will hear from the Lord again, but right now, in an instant, the glory of the Lord shone upon the people and it came in the form of how look at it it came in the form of shepherds in the field so in verse 9 again it says and behold the angel of the Lord stood before them and they were greatly afraid see it ain't no doubt that they were greatly afraid because first and foremost that the glory of the Lord hadn't showed up uh, in no way, no uh, fashion or no form for over 400 years. And then now for the first time, this generation is seeing the glory of the Lord shine in, in the form of an uh, angel from heaven. Come on, somebody. And yes, they were greatly afraid. But look at verse 10. It says, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I don't think they were afraid because they didn't know it was the Lord. But it having uh, been 400 years, and we ain't heard from the Lord, and then all of a sudden the Lord show up, then we gonna, somebody's going to be shaking in their boots because we don't know what he's coming. You know, nine times out of ten, we're thinking he's coming to shake up some stuff, to tear up some stuff, because uh, you know they were still messing up. Come on, somebody, don't act like we don't know. You know, in there, so, it, so the glory of the Lord shows up. And no doubt they were afraid, but the angel began to comfort them immediately and says, do not be afraid. Why? Because I bring good uh, tidings of great joy. See, the, show, this, the Lord showing up now is, is with good tidings with, with, of great joy. It's with good news, my friends. Not uh, showing up with the, 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 the fist of arm, uh, of iron, or the hand of... Uh, uh, that will smack us down, but here the Lord is showing up with the greatest news under the sun, as we know it to be. In verse 11, it says then, oh, wait a minute, let me say this. I don't want to miss this part. It says, do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which, somebody say which, will be to all people. 
See, the good news that the Lord showed up with after 400 years was for all. It was to be to all people. There for us, and then verse 11, it says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you when you find the babe in swallowing, uh, wrapped in swallowing clothes, lying in the manger. Let me just pause for a second, my friends, because what God is speaking to us this day is nothing that you ain't heard before. So he's not speaking no new news. But the, what he wants us to understand is that every time that God speaks his news, it is good news and is worthy to be praised. So <clears throat> for some of us, if it ain't new news, then we don't think it's any good news. See, but God says that his, his news is good all the time. So it's, it's God news. You just, uh, God news is good news. And, and the thing that we got to understand is that when God speaks of his news, he can say it a hundred times, but it's good every time. And it ought to get better to us each and every time. This is the revelation. This is a, you know, a God growing. This is the growth that we ought to have. And this is, you know, so some people here again, so this ain't nothing that you ain't heard before. But it got to be something that touches a place that ain't never touched before. Glory be to God. That's what this is sent for. And God wants you to know today, my friends, that that, that day, when the Shekinah glory shined for after 400 years into the earth, that he, was, he meant it for you way back on that day. That he sent it for you, for all people. Somebody got, got to know this today. Somebody needs to know that God was thinking of you in this moment. Not just the people that was there. But when he says all people, he's talking about those that he knew yet that was yet to come. That is you and me. What is it? Why is that important? It's important because it helps you to, uh, in your personal relationship with him. It helps you to know that, uh, that you have a, that you ought to have and that you can have a real relationship with God. And that our relationship ain't just through our grandmother and our mama that prayed for us or the preacher or the pastor, but the, the, the relationship that God desires to have with you, my friend, is yours. It's for you. It's for you. And God wants you in this relationship. Let us look further and you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. He said the sign would be that you would find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and here is what, where the rubber meets the road. This is what this is all about. And we want to look at three things on today. Because it says in verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, See, when this announcement, the angels made this announcement, to them shepherds out there in that field. All of a sudden, a multitude of the heavenly hosts joined the angels at this announcement, my friend. This is the, uh, the most important announcement ever made on the earth and ever known to mankind. And that announcement was this day, unto you this day, a child is born that is the Savior of the world, Christ the Lord, and the heaven, the, ho the host of heaven in that announcement, not just on earth, but the host of heaven, man, put a stamp on that announcement, my friend, that this is the greatest thing that has ever happened under the sun, that the heavenly host, they say, I got to be a part of this, I want to be a witness to it. And, 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 the, and the multitude of the heavenly hosts came to do what? They came to make uh, to, to be with the angels in that moment. And they began to declare the, uh, this. They began to praise God and to say these three things. Number one, glory to God in the highest. At this announcement that Jesus, 
The Savior is being, has been born into the world. The heavens, the heavens, the host of heaven began to glorify God. And if the host of heaven began to glorify God, we here on earth got to know something is huge about this, my friend. And for so long, we've been focused on uh, you know, Christmas as in a gift exchange and not really paying attention to the greatest thing that ever happened to mankind. And that a Savior was born into the world. And that heaven itself, the heavenly host, began to praise God in that moment. And you would just have to imagine, and this is what God has placed in my heart, why did the heavenly host you know, have to Yo, join the angels at this announcement. Why did they, yo, and I don't have the exact answer, but what I'm telling to you, you have to imagine that it had all to do with the importance of what was happening. See, because the angels was there, I'm sure, the, the, uh, not only the angels, but the heavenly host was there when the fall of man happened. See, there was no savior needed if the fall of man never happened. So the heavenly host that began to praise God and say glory to God in the highest, they knew something. And that which they must have knew is that first of all, they seen the grief of God when man, when God created man and, and man chose to, 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 uh, to fall into sin and be, it was tricked by the enemy. The heavenly host, they, they witnessed the grief of God in that moment. And here they see the birth of Christ, that God in his mercy that endures forever. Come on, somebody. And that in his mercy that endures forever, that after all of these years that God has, has found a way and has set forth a way to, to, to redeem man and to fix that which was broken. And the heavenly host, when, when, when the Christ was born, they must have seen the, the, the smile on God's face. And, 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 and they knew that the greatest thing under the sun had just happened because we seen God in, in his grief when man have grieved him so through the fall of man. And the Bible says that he, God was so grieved that he, he even thought that I wish I had never even created man. So I'm not talking about no fairy tale, my friend. We're talking about the word of God. Come on, somebody. And, and, and we have to go here. This makes all the difference in the world as we can see that the heavenly host in their excitement that this is the reason why glory to God in the highest. This is the highest form of glory and praise unto God under the sun. Happened in this moment that Jesus Christ was born into the world. Yes. And if it meant that much to the heavenly host, my God. It's got to do something to your heart today, my friend. It's got to change some things in your heart. It's got to do something, prick our heart in a way that gives us an understanding. Glory to God in the highest is, blessed, is, is what we find in Psalms 18. What, that I read earlier, Psalms 18, verse 38, that says, excuse me, Psalms uh, 18, 118, my, my friends. Psalms 118 and verse 26 that says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord. We also see that in Luke chapter 19, verse 38. It says, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. What, what, what we have to understand that glory to God in the highest came in the form of Jesus Christ. The God, the one whom God has sent. God himself making a way out of no way. And God birthing his son in to the world. Come on, somebody. We all know this part of it, but do you understand that the heavenly host 
for the first time understood the same thing and it made them praise God in the highest form. And who are we as men to take this lightly? Which one of us? That which is so important to God, the most important thing under the sun to God, what he did in the, in the work that he performed in his son, that the heavens, the heavens recognized it. But we, the, the knuckleheads that he saved, we, we sit back as though he owed us something. Or as it ain't nothing that he's done. That big of a deal. And it's because we don't understand, Rico, the state that we're in. We don't understand the dynamics of what was actually performed in that day. Because if we did, then we'd be like uh, the, the psalmist David when he said in Psalms 18 as well, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. We will shout that from the bottom of our hearts continuously. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy is everlasting. His mercy is everlasting. Because what we will see is that he had mercy on us from the beginning. When the fall of man happened, every one of us was detached from God. There was enmity that was in place. And here, the heavenly host, the angels and the heavenly host, my friends, they saying glory to God in the highest because they seen the, the, the they, they in the presence of God. But they seen the, the mercy of God like they had never seen before. See, you don't understand. And if without the mercy of God, where would you be? Do you even understand it? And when I say you, I'm talking about all of us. Do we really understand? And there's so many that don't even, that celebrate Christmas but don't know Christ. Do they really understand where they are? Do they really understand that blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord? My God. So the first component that the, that the heavenly hosts with the angels began to, to say or, or to sing, they sung a song of praise to God, number one. Number two, they sung a song of peace. And that's the second thing. It says, glory to God in the highest, number one, and on earth, peace. My God. On earth, peace. And this piece that he's talking about here, do we understand what this piece is? Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our peace. Jesus, this child that was born, this one that was sent by God, this very day that he was birthed, this was the good news of great tithing. See, this is how important this news was to mankind and to, the, to humanity. Because peace had finally came to earth and this peace he's talking about is not the peace that keeps us you know, in line with one another. It's not the peace that stops wars. This is the peace that stopped the greatest war or, or, or brought down the walls of separation from the greatest war. And that was the enmity between man and God. The fact that man was lost without a hope. See, this peace on this day that the, that the heavenly host and the angels began to sing and to praise God for was that finally that there, this wall of separation has been torn down. Glory be to God. And see, man, we don't, we have no idea. We didn't even know the wall was up. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. Turn there with me real quick. 
this is Paul, and he understood. And God began to, to use him to write to the Ephesians the same, uh, uh, to encourage them and to enlighten them in real time. And we need this enlightenment in real time, my friend, because it makes all the difference in the world. And you're going to see that in the next part. The understanding of this makes all the difference in the world. This ain't just no Christmas message. This is a life message that will change your life if we, buy, if we understand it. And it's sent for that reason. Look in verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 2. It says, for him, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one as he has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of the covenant contained in ordinance so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he has made, that he might be the recon reconcile both them both to God in one body through the cross. Therefore, putting to death the enmity, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So what does it mean? Let me make it very plain and very clear. See, we were far off. And there were some, the Jewish people, that, that seemed to be near because God had called them as the chosen person, people. But guess what? We all was, was separated with a wall of enmity. What is enmity? That means that we were enemies of God. Do you know what an enemy is? We ought not to be anybody's enemy. But we may have many. Because see, an enemy is, is one who is against you. And we as believers ought not to be referred to as an enemy to nobody because we ought not be against nobody. But guess what? Before the walls of separation came down, all of us were enemies of God. Not that God was against us, because, but remember what an enemy is. An enemy is one that is against you. We were enemies of God. We were against God. And you didn't have no choice because the choice was already made. When you was born into this world, you were born into sin and shaped in iniquity. For one man's sin, by one man's sin entered in the world. And it's through the one man, Jesus Christ, that sin was, was, was taken care of by him. Hallelujah. See, because some of us would say right now, well, I, I wasn't the enemy to God because I wouldn't have, I, I chose God. I, I wasn't against God. Yeah, you was. Why? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. To you, 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 you still be standing in the, 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 the fortress of the enemy to deny the truth, my friends. So let us humble ourselves. And in that humbling ourselves, then we would understand this is what brings us to the understanding of how huge this was this day that God gave his only begotten son. So now we can really understand when we hear what we didn't heard all of our lives. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But now we can put some real context to that, my friend. That you were lost and you were enemy to God. And you could not fix it. And, for, and, 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 and furthermore, what none of us looking to fix it. But in God's everlasting love and his goodness and his mercy towards us. We're talking about God Almighty. We're talking about the, the great I am. We're talking about uh, Emmanuel. We're talking about the creator of all things, my friend. So he didn't need fixing, we did. And his good mercy 
in his loving kindness, in his tender mercy, that he, 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 he made a way out of no way. Yes, by sending his son. So this, so this is more than just about the fact we all know that he sent his son. We all believe it. That's the reason why we're here. But do you understand the foundation of all of this? And him sending his son, he just didn't send his son for no purpose. The purpose was that he, he rescued you and me when we couldn't rescue ourselves. That we were lost without hope. Not just lost, but without hope. Somebody understand that. And why is this important? Because when we understand it, then it, we, it gives us a, a appreciation for the fact that we are saved and sealed for the day of redemption. That we can't just no longer go through the rest of our days with, uh, with this understanding. You can't just walk through the rest of your days taking for granted your salvation. You understand that there was a purpose to our salvation and that we have the opportunity to live that purpose every single day that he leaves us here on this earth. So Jesus is our peace. He the one that, that brought the wall of separation down. He paid the price and he did it for God. And it blessed us. The essence of, of peace is dual in this case. It causes a ceasing from the separation as well as a ceasing from strife. Hear me. Not only did it knock down the wall of separation, but it, it took away the strife that God easily could have had and held on to for, for us. Peace means to be united as well as to be uh to bring to an end hostility. See, this peace that God, uh, through Christ Jesus, has given us, it's not just, uh, not only is it uh, uniting with God, but it also uh, took away the hostility that God rightly had for each and every one of us. You got to know how huge that is. See, and knowing how huge that is, it ought to break our hearts right now in this moment. That not only did you come and rescue me, but you, you didn't even hold no hostility towards me. When you could have. And when you probably should have, above all things. Come on, somebody. And therefore, Jesus is the peace, our peace. We are justified by faith, and it gives us peace with God. You have peace with God because of what Jesus has done, my friend. Your peace that you have with God ain't because of what, your righteousness and how good you can be. No, our peace that we have with God because of Jesus ought to make us pursue righteousness. It ought to, this is the part that it ought to break our hearts that if we really understand it, it's going to break our hearts to the point of knowing what we deserved and what God's grace and mercy has done for us, that we will pursue him with everything in us. It will give us a heart as to what number three speaks of, and, and, and now we're back in Luke, uh, in there, and what the angels, the heavenly hosts, began to sing of. And that third song that they sung unto and proclaimed was the song of purpose. See, not only did God uh, come and, 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 and put in order the reality of who he is and how much praise he deserves from us. And, and, and not only did he uh, show us who he is, that we ought, ought to praise him for the rest of our days, but he gave us the, uh, the token and the comfort of knowing that we have peace with him in there, glory be to God. And then in that, he, he also showing us that for the purpose for the rest of our days, come on somebody. See, this is what this is really all about, is to show you that you have, that God, somebody say God, has a purpose for you for the rest of your days. And this purpose ain't got nothing to do with what you want. It's got all to do with what he wants. 
And it's high time that the church begins to learn this because we have a relationship and we've learned this stuff to, to look to God for what, as, you know, for what we want. And looking for him because we his children to bless it. See, now you can't you see how twisted that, that even mindset and that notion is when we understand the scripture of what God actually was doing in the day that he, put, he placed his son and brought his son out of eternity and brought him into uh, mortality. In the day that he brought his son out of eternity and brought him into a state of mortality. Can you understand how foolish it is, the notion for us to, to, to treat him as though he owed us something because we his children. Because we chose to believe in him. Come on, somebody. And it opens the door when you have the right understanding. It opens the door, my friend, for us to clearly be able to see that, that what God wants and the purpose that he has as he's left us here after we believed on him, that, that man, that that takes precedence over everything. And it ought to give us a notion and a heart to run as Paul was talking about, let me run my race, let me finish it, you know, in a way that is pleasing unto God. Let me fight the good fight. Let me run the race, let me shoot for the mark of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. It's no way that we can continue to live this life for ourselves. It, 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 it puts a stamp on what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15 says. When it says that if you were uh, raised with him, that we should no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died for us and rose again. Come on, somebody. It puts a stamp on that fact that we should no longer live for ourselves, that our life is not our own. But it's to him we belong. We sing the song, but we don't know what it truly means. My God, it changes everything. And the angels in heaven, the heavenly host, they knew this in that moment. That man, God, you got a purpose for them people. And that's what, he, what they meant when they sung good will towards men. He says that because your will towards them, them dudes should be, we, we ain't never did nothing against you. The angels that's in the presence of God ain't never, we ain't never did nothing against you. These people have turned their back on you, ridiculed you, marked you, and, and, and continuously to grow in evil against you. But yet, you have placed, you have took the peace that your son delivered it to you, and you have placed the token of good will on the earth in them, towards them, towards them. When the, the token that should have been sent even after you made, you, you let them come out of the darkness, you should have at least gave them a whooping. See, that's what we, yo, you, you think that, yeah, even when your mom lets you back in the house, but you don't pay, you, you got a, a debt to pay, my friend. Might be at three o'clock in the morning. She come in there with that switch, but you getting it? You thought you'd have got away? No, it ain't. You ain't got away yet. Oh, you young folks don't know nothing about that. Be when you least think that uh, everything is okay. She done fed you dinner, got you fat, and everything else. You think you done made it through? Oh, but before the morning comes, come on, somebody. And see, the thing about it, that is what we deserve from God, but that's not what he did. And see, in the heavenly host, they understood it in that moment that God, your mercy is so great towards man that instead of giving them what they deserve, you're going to give them what they don't deserve. Somebody missed that. Instead of giving them what they do deserve, you're going to give them what they don't deserve. You're going to fatten the calf up. You're going to throw them a big party. 
when they deserve the opposite. You're going to withhold what they do deserve called mercy. See, mercy is when, when you cry up at the court and say, please have mercy on me. Don't give me what I do deserve because you know what you deserve. So you say, have mercy on me. And so God had mercy. He didn't give us what we do deserve. But see, that wasn't good enough for God just not to give you what you, uh, not give you what you did deserve. It wasn't good enough for God. He says, I, not just, I don't want to just have mercy on them. I want to give them some grace. And grace is giving them what they don't deserve. Come on, somebody. That he turned around, withheld what we did, and then said, you know what, I'm, let me add, give, give, them, give them what they don't deserve. Oh, my God. You see why it's going to take the Holy Spirit and everything of the Holy Spirit operating in us? Because if we manage to not hold against somebody what they do deserve, ain't no way that we're going to give them what they don't. But by the grace of God. See, which one of us do? Somebody need to understand what that means in plain English. That means when they done cheated you, robbed you, and beat you up. And now you have the opportunity to, to, show, to, to uh, creep up behind them and bust them in the head. See, they, they sleeping now. Not only do you not do it, after they done beat you up, put you in the hospital for months, and here's a few months down the road, you see him. Oh, I got him now. He ain't even paying attention. But instead of you doing that, you show mercy on him and you don't go ahead and do what he did to you. But no, what you turn around and do is you, you turn around and give him what he don't deserve. So you turn around and you, 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 you creep up on them. And you show yourself. And yeah, immediately he's going to be afraid, caught off guard. But instead of you giving him what he do deserve, you extend to him a hand, a hug, an invitation. Come and go with me. We're going to go have some lunch right there in the restaurant. Matter of fact, we're right in front of the door. Turn in here. I'm going to bless you on today. Which one of us would bless the one that has cursed us? See, now, we, now that's what plain English is. Sometimes we have to just break it all the way down so it can be real in our hearts. See, because some of us know it would be good enough just for me not to bust them upside the head. And it would take everything in me to not do that. So I don't have no room for no grace. To go and spend the money, they robbed me already. And now I'm going to go spend some money and treat them because you see them, they back on the street with nothing. And you see that they hungry and they need a meal. Yep, they didn't use your money they robbed you from. They didn't drunk it up, drugged it up, whatever it is. But God says, now, no, I need you to. Yeah, he drunk over there and can barely stand. So, yeah, you could get him right now if you wanted to. But I need you to extend mercy. And the grace is to take him to dinner, take him to, to and get him a hotel room, wash him up and clean him up on top of that with your money. Okay. Let's move forward. Number three, the song of purpose. God's will is good for men. This goodwill towards man simply means that God, now, his will for us is good when we were his enemies. With no thought, no heart for him, he made a way out of no way and then not only did he make a way out of no way, but then he gave us a will that was good. He, he took his good will and put it towards us. See, this is what Jeremiah is talking about in, in, in verse 20, in chapter 29, verse 11, when he says, for I know the plan that I have for you, declares the Lord. A plan for good and not for evil. 
when he knows that, that rightly so his plan for man could and probably should have been for evil because that's all man was for him. The Bible describes it before the flood. That's why the flood came. Because he described it before uh, God sent the flood that, that man increasingly grew evil more and more and more. That evil continually increased even to the point where God could, it was hard for him to look at this mess. This is where he was grieved at to the point of sorrow that he had ever even created man. Come on somebody. And today, you got to understand, my friend, that God's will towards us is good. And it comes with a purpose. He wants to use us as vessels while he, we have the, the uh, blood still running warm in our veins. This is what Job came to understand, and he finally uh, uh, admitted in, at the end of Job, in Job chapter 42 and 2, when he says, I know that you do, uh, excuse me, that I know that you can only or you can do all things and that no purposes of yours can be withheld from you. Job came to understand that I know that you can do all things, God, and that no purpose that you have can be withheld from you. And the purpose that he has for you and me, he sent his goodwill towards us. And his goodwill being sent towards us is for us to be used for the rest of our days. That, that, the, that to spread the news of good tidings. That, the, that this day a child was born. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ, my friends. That just as you and me once were lost in a far off, that, that there's many even celebrating the Christmas by giving gifts, but not knowing Christ. This is about knowing Christ, my friends. So our purpose for being here is to understand that God wants to use us. That his goodwill, the peace that he placed and the goodwill that he put towards us gives us a responsibility and an obligation that our lives can be used for the kingdom. That somebody else that was lost and afar off can be reconciled unto him through the blood of his son that has already been spent. And it's far too long. I ain't even talking about other religions. I'm talking about Christianity. That we don't use our, 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 our days for what the kingdom of God has left us here for. We try to use the kingdom of God for what we want out of our day. We got to stop it. It's time for us to have that heart that's contrite like David. That it's time to get broken. And quit tripping and being mad at God because and, 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 and illing out on all of this stuff because what we ain't got and what we want and all of this different stuff. Do you understand what's happening here? My God. Man, and if we don't understand it now, we're going to understand it when we stand before him. And we tripping on all of this baby stuff. Then if we really just allow the spirit of God to take control, then he maneuvers all around that monkey business. Because that's all it is. And he does it with the peace and the joy that, he, that, that he's given unto us. This is why Jesus says, my joy I lead to you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world, but, uh, give it, but he gives it in a, a way that only he can. But we choose to hold on to the, uh, the way the world wants to express joy. And that is in ups and downs and peace. Yo, and it's only through things. Yo, if it's good, that's why it's good today and it's gone tomorrow. Wake up. Out of our slumber is what he's calling us to. There's no more time for foolishness. We got to allow the spirit of God to have his way. Because the truth of the matter, my friend, is that Jesus said in himself in the book of John 
that the day is far spent, that the night is coming. He says, work while it's still day. And, what, and work while it's still day it simply means this, let me use you while you have a chance. Because the night is coming, my friends, where no man can work. It's going to be too late. And while you and me, yes, we are not out there separated from God. We're not on the side of the lost ones. This ain't about us. This is about God. And just like God wanted you to be saved, he wants th those that don't know him, those that celebrate Christmas by giving gifts and, and, and singing Silent Night, but don't have no relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord. He wants the lost to be saved, my friends. This is about redemption uh, for God. And it's high time that we give our Sells over to the truth. That we give ourselves over to the truth, my friends. And it don't matter how young you are. And it don't matter how old you are. Because none of us know our tomorrow. We can be the youngest that we think we are. But our, our, our time can expire tomorrow. And that old fogey is still running around here. So that's no indication and no dictation of how we're going to deal with this. Today is the day that we surrender all. And quit just saying the words. But this goodwill towards men is where God wants to work and change us from the inside. He wants to change our attitude. He wants to change our, uh, the contention. He wants to change and, and fix things from the inside. Because that's where the true love of Christ is actually shown at. See, because when we have the walls up, he wants to bring all of the walls down, just like it was prayed earlier. Because the love of God can't operate through the wall that you put up. See, we, you think that you put the wall up, thinking you separating yourself from or, or, or protecting yourself from those on the outside. But guess what? When you put the wall up, that which is on the inside can't get out, and that's the love of God that's in Christ Jesus that he's placed in your heart. And he placed it there for a purpose, for it to go out. So we put these walls up thinking we protected ourselves, but we're blocking the, word, the spirit of the living God. We, please, this day, don't hold on to that. Don't hold on to that. Don't hold on to that. And yes, through things that didn't happen in our life, experiences that happened in our life, is what caused us and tricked us to put these walls up. God says, let that wall down and let it down now. Because that which lives on the inside of you is greater than he that's in the world. He on the outside cannot let them walls down. They can do nothing to you because what's in you is greater. And it's high time that we begin to trust God for the greater that he is and the greater that he's able to perform. Father, in the name of Jesus, this day, Lord God, touch us, the heart of your people, Lord God, Change us and make us over. We need you today, Lord God, because this is more than just some Christmas season. This is more than us wanting salvation for eternal life. But this is us understanding that salvation that comes with eternal life gives a purpose for today, a, a kingdom and a heavenly purpose to our life for today that makes us vessels that are useful for the kingdom, not vessels that use the kingdom. Lord, your church, your, 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 your people,
are perishing for lack of knowledge, Lord God. We've missed the mark big time. And Lord, we pray right now and continuously, Lord, send a reformation to the body. Reform us. Remake us over, Lord God. Give us what we need to, to, to get back on track, Lord God. That is, the days are not getting longer. They're getting shorter, oh God, and closer to the time that Jesus will return, Lord God. And in that moment, Lord God, when the sun comes through them clouds, there won't be a second chance for those of us that enter into eternity in that moment, Lord God, there's no more chances. When you call us before the throne of the judgment seat, Lord God, whether that be the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment, it is over. It is done. So this day, Lord God, we need you. We pray that you and you alone, Lord God, is able to keep us, change the hearts, renew the minds, and allow your spirit to have its way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Glory be to God.